Anthony Johnson. Don't sit there and don't get frustrated. And um, this week is definitely different because I get to uh, to speak with my wife. And it's like nothing like pressure from a father-in-law to start a job, right? Like, seriously. You know, you feel all this pressure because so many things that are going on in your head, and then you feel like, thanks a lot. So anyway, um, but anyway, it was definitely just blessed to, to, to be here this morning. And we definitely did miss you guys last week as we went here. And um, there's a lot of time I spent in the car singing praises, and I'll tell you this, it's a lot better singing in the church than you singing in my car. So, um, but Bethany's going to start. We have some things that we're going to talk about um, that's near and dear to our hearts, and so, so much that has happened this week um, that we'll even share on it. But, um, yeah, we're just excited about you sharing with you this morning. Is it on? All right, I'm super nervous. I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> um, we were asked to speak, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, and um, when I got here this morning, Dad's like, oh, you're speaking on this, this, and this, right? And I was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> so it's not exactly what he had in mind. So I, either I misread the message or misheard the message or God had a whole different plan. We'll go with God having a whole different plan. Um, Mike and I are going to talk about something that I think we all tend to struggle with at times, and it tends to happen during the holiday season, during the winter season, now that it's dark at like four o'clock in the afternoon, and we have extra stresses because we all of a sudden have all these things to do around holiday season, and that is what we would call the winter blues. I don't know about you, but I sense it in my house, even with myself, with the three girls. It, things are just different sometimes, especially when that darkness comes, when we're eating dinner like and so and I think there's also a lot of stress that revolves around the holidays that tends to lead into some, a little bit more anxiety and a little bit more maybe bickering may I say among our family and maybe even within ourselves so we are going to talk about how to beat the winter blues we do not have a powerpoint we thought we would save mom from pushing buttons through the whole powerpoint so you're just going to have to go with us if you're a note taker, that's awesome. We're going to use the acronym BEAT, B-E-A-T, and we're going to go through that. So one disclaimer I want to say before we actually begin, begin, is this is nowhere near downplaying anyone that struggles with severe depression, anxiety. Please, if you feel yourself really struggling with that, seek help. Ask someone here. We have counseling services that meet in this building. Please, if you're at a place where you're like, this is dark, really dark than ever before, seek some additional help. This is more of us who tend to be a little more crabby, I guess, during the winter season. So, um, so the first thing we're going to talk about beating the winter blues is to be thankful. And as a parent, and many of you are, and some of you have raised children clear through, and we are just in the season of raising our three who are 10, 7, and ooh, I almost said 6, 5. Um, and so I find myself and ourselves always saying, did you say thank you? Did you tell that person thank you? Be thankful. You seem crabby. Can you tell me three things you're thankful for? And I, I think I say that probably at least once to five times daily. But I, as I was studying this, I'm like, I ask the girls that quite often, but do I ask myself that? Do I ask myself when I find myself like grumpy and crabby, 
Did I list things that I'm thankful for recently? So we're going to start with being thankful. Um, a few years ago, there was a study produced by a college that of um, 300 different college students were seeking um, campus counseling. And they took these 300 students and they divided them into um, three groups of 100. And so the first 100 students, they said, continue your, your counseling services, but we also want you to write a letter of gratitude to somebody in your life during this, this uh, testing period that they were doing. So the one group, they were told to write a, a letter of gratitude to somebody in their lives. The middle group was asked to write a letter to, some, to somebody, but in that letter they were supposed to, in detail, describe the horrible feelings that they had surrounding a situation in their lives. So they were supposed to um, write a letter basically of how something had gone wrong in describing that. And then the third group was asked to do nothing additional other than the counseling that they received from the college services. And what they found is kind of interesting is that they found that in the first group, the gratitude that the first group experienced in their letters that they wrote to somebody, it helped unshackle toxic emotions. They found that when the person was writing this letter to someone and dictating how they impacted their lives, that the emotions that they felt, like resentment or anger, were no longer the biggest issue. It actually released those emotions, and they were able to work through them a lot easier. The second thing that they found out was that gratitude helped the first group of college students, even if they didn't send the letters. Uh, statistically, they found that 29% of them didn't actually send the letters, which I feel that's kind of sad, but that's okay. Um, they just wrote them, and they wrote them down, and they just were grateful for this person, and it still helped. And then the third that they found is actually the third, the group in the group that they assigned the gratitude letters to, they did research three or four months later with, through different testings and scans and had big long acronym name and I don't really remember that whole name but they found that it actually positively affected their brain makeup. They actually found that in the scans that they did in the first group that those people had a difference in their medial prefrontal cortex which is the part that makes decision and memory compared to anyone else in the group. So actually the gratitude had a physical effect on these people. That's psychology. You know, that's what the world has put together. That's a study that th these people had done. So I said, okay, this is psychology. I have a degree in counseling. I know some of this stuff. I'm like, okay, this makes sense to me. I see this. But I don't want to go exactly just on what psychology has to say. I want to see what scripture has to say. And it's cool because I, I did text dad this week and I was like, I already know this, but it's cool to see that God already planned pretty much everything this study had found in scripture. So it's pretty neat. Um, <clears throat> The Bible says a lot about thanksgiving and thanks. It says the word thanks, or various forms of thanks, about 139 times in Scripture. I did not look up all 139 verses. I did not want to share those all with you at this moment. So I picked foo. Foo, I picked four. Four. I picked four of them. So number one, we learned that gratitude, and when we show gratitude, and when we are grateful for things in our lives, it realigns our thoughts to what God has done. So in Psalm 107:1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And I am in no means probably the person to stand up here and tell you 
all those things that God has done because so many of you are such great examples of how the Lord has worked in your lives and how he has been so faithful. Even in the circumstance that you find yourself blue or anxious, even if you can't see him exactly in that circumstance, there are circumstances, I'm sure, that you have seen where the Lord has been faithful. And so remembering to give thanks to him because he will remain faithful. We don't know the whole scheme of things. We don't understand the plan of things. We don't understand how it all works together. We're just one tiny piece in that puzzle. So remembering to give thanks to him because he is good. He is faithful. And number two is gratitude is good for our physical bodies. My girls could probably sing this song to you because we, I sing it to them all the time. Um, Proverbs 17:22 says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. So Proverbs even tells us that being joyful, being grateful, it actually impacts your body physically. And I'm sure you can even I know I can under, I can see in my life when I'm just like down and grumpy and you know, if I start doing things that change my mood and my attitude, like things we've just said, I feel different. Your body feels different. I mean, there's, even, there's research on how negativity and toxic emotions affect our body, and we do not have time to go on into that. And then the third thing I wanted to say about gratitude is it's not circumstantial. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ Jesus, if you have asked Christ to come into your heart to save you from the separation between him, between us and him, and for Christ to bridge that gap in your life, this is a command. We are to be thankful no matter what. It doesn't matter if I have a good day or if I have X amount of dollars in my bank account or if I, I have the best meal I want to make. It, it, it's not an option. We are to be thankful in all circumstances. Good times, bad times are the days that are just meh. And we all have those. It's, we're to be thankful. And then the last thing in the be thankful category so we can beat the winter blues, so we can be thankful, is gratitude and prayer reduces anxiety. And, it, and many of us know the scripture, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And I quote this scripture. I've known this scripture probably since I was little. And then, yeah, 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 don't be anxious. Yeah, 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 I know, pray. Yeah, yeah, okay. But again, I don't think at times in my personal life, I take things seriously. Like it's a command. Like if I tell my kids, go do this, you better believe I want them to go do this. If they don't, they can, they can tell you there'll be a consequence because they didn't go do this. And so Philippians 4, 6 tells us, do not be anxious, but pray, be thankful for all that you have and all that God has given you. Um, a story on this is um, I took the girls on Friday um, to get Christmas dresses. I hate shopping. Let's just put that out there right now. And I hate shopping over the holidays. That's another. And so I took them into a store that I thought, okay, they have reasonable prices. Okay, I can get three Christmas outfits. We'll be good. Walked into that store. I said, absolutely not. We're not doing this in this store. It's just, it's too much. So we left that store and we got in the car. And I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit worked up. I have three girls. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. But they each have their own desire of what they would like to wear. So I would pick something out, and they'd be like, man, I don't want that. Okay. 
So I was a little bit already anxious. We got in the car. We were headed to another store. And I said, ladies, listen. I said, the Lord tells us not to be anxious about anything, but to pray about and tell God what we need. And I said, we're going to stop right here. I feel anxious because I don't like to do this, and we're going to pray. And so we sat in the car, and we prayed. And I just asked, please, Jesus, help this to be a good situation. Help us not to be frustrated. And if it's, if it's good, help us to find something that is pleasing to the style preference in our standards of dress. In Jesus' name, amen. And so the girls all knew this. I'm not going to lie to you. We walked in that store. 20 minutes, we walked back out, and we had everything we needed. And I know that sounds silly, but it's, it's something that I needed to remember that I need to be thankful, one, for my three kids. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. I need not to be anxious. I need to realign what God has said to me and realign it to match. So I'm an example for them. And so we did get Christmas outfits. It was a praise. So the first step to beating the winter blues or to just calming down in the middle of this chaos is to be thankful. And um, I'm really glad that Bethany prays with our girls. And there's a lot of things that happen. And as she said that, it reminded me of the one time my mom prayed in the car for my sister who hurt her ankle. And um, I'm really glad that she said, oh, wait a minute, I just closed my eyes while I was still driving. So I, I'm glad it's a little bit different situation. But um, yeah, see, she was parked. It was great. And I'm like in the back seat and I'm like, oh, mom, do you want me to keep my eyes open for you? So, but um, it's amazing just how a God helps us in the day to day to be able to, to do what we need. And, and as Bethany said about being thankful, the next letter is E, which is engaging the word. So when I think of engage, there's a couple definitions on engage. Um, some of them is to be engaged um, to offer something as, uh, such as one's life or word is backing to a cause or aim, which means like you're engaged in a cause, like you're a part of it. Um, there's another also the engage, like to bind with someone, um, such as oneself, to do something like being married. And um, so then as I was doing this, it made me think of um, I, had to, I had to figure it out. So 4,972 days ago, I asked Bethany to be my wife. She said yes. So just, it was great, and it was awesome. And thinking that, you know, I don't know, maybe I just grew up a little bit of old school. So six days before that, I got to come up, and I, I got to, to ask my, hopefully, in-laws, ask if I could marry Bethany. And um, that was really, there was a lot that happened that day, and I left real early in the morning, and Bethany he had no idea where I went because he's trying to call me and I said I had to go well that was his like I was like I got to go for a drive yeah just two hours away to go ask your parents to if I can marry and it was funny because I said I remember I had this idea and I'm like maybe I should have called to see if her parents were home and um, I did remember it was at exit 23 off of I-99 and I and that's when I called and uh, Cheryl picked up and said, yeah, um, well, Ed's actually at prayer right now. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, but anyway, it was great because then we just sat in the living room talking until Ed came home. And, and then, you know, they were like, yeah, that's great. You know, and, and that was, whew, that was exciting because I was like, wow, that was, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this is scary. But, um, you know, just being engaged. And then it was like the six days later, I asked Bethany uh, to marry me. I had no idea what I was going to do, but that we... Um, made that commitment to each other to be engaged, to be connected. But then there's another definition also, um, and, and talking about the word engage, and, and it's to interlock with or to mesh. 
And yeah, so the, the two of us had to become one because we have one family and now we have three children. And, um, but we have to be interlocked and meshed and engaged with each other. But then we can also know, and just reading this is realizing that we can be interlocked and meshed and engaged with the word of God to help us beat these winter blues. So, so what is the word? So yes, this is the word. And, and then sometimes I think we just, we take this very lightly or we say, oh, don't, don't, don't rip it. Don't drop it. Don't put anything on top of it. We have all these rules about what we do. Sometimes we forget to open it. And um, I will say that with myself is, is that I, I forget what the word is. So then I, I'm, I'm studying this week and looking at John 1, 1 through 4. And it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And I'm reading this, and I'm like, so in the beginning was the word. So, okay, what happened in the beginning? So then, of course, I turn my Bible back to Genesis 1.1, and it says, because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and looking at well, everything he created, he created light. He created water, sky, heaven. Well, he created the sky, just thinking that. But it, dry land, vegetation, sun, moon, planets, stars, Creatures on the earth and creatures of the sea and man. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we are, in, we are to be engaged not just with something as the book, but with someone that has been around since the beginning of time. So we know that the Bible is a collection of books, real-life stories that have been recorded over the course of thousands of years. And then this book, which was translated in almost 700 different languages and can be found in countless places, even at the Dollar Tree we can find it, has just transcended generations, wars, natural disasters, and more, is still with us today. So why wouldn't we want to be engaged with it? John 1, 1, 14, it says, For the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and, and we saw his glory. Glory is the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So then as I'm reading, I'm like, wow, this, this, now I know what this word is. It's, yes, it's a Bible, and it's a collection of, of so many different stories, but now it's, I know that it's full of grace and truth. And then it, and Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And piercing as far as the division of soul, of both joints and merit, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. We watched something with the girls it's called Superbook. And I'm like, this is a Superbook. Like, wow, like... All of this in here? Wow. I, and, and as Bethany talked about beating the winter blues and starting off about being thankful, I know that there's something different in my life whenever I read Scripture. There is. There's just something different when I take the time to read God's Word. I can take the time and I can spend on my phone and I can look at and watch random things or see stuff on, in everybody else's life, but when I take the Word of God and, and just chew on it, 
there's definitely something different. Psalm 119.105 tells us that the word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Also, in James 121, it talks about how the word that's implanted in us is able to save our souls. So there's a That is one amazing book. But it's more than just a book. It's, it's more than just a word. It's the words of God. When that word, as we read, or as I said earlier, it became flesh. As we know that is So I'm married to Bethany, and I'm, and I'm excited about that. And, and she helps make me a better man. But I want to be engaged with the word of God because it makes me a better human being and makes us all better human beings. I was speaking to one of my coworkers at, at work this week, and actually I had a, a doctor's appointment, and um, I came back in, and, and they were talking all in the office, and um, they said that they're not really looking forward to Christmas. I'm like, you Scrooge? No, I didn't say that. Like, <laughs> but I'm thinking, like, what? Why is this like not looking forward to Christmas? And then they went on to talk about, well, they have just so many parties to get ready for, and they got to cook this food, and they have to get these presents, and they have to do all this stuff. And I said, well, and, and, and my secretaries asked me before I left, they said, hey, do you mind if we decorate? I'm like, absolutely not. That's great. I love it. And, and it was, and I said, and when I told the, the person that was talking, I said, well, that's kind of sad that you feel that way, because it's just you lose the real meaning of Christmas because you just get so overwhelmed with everything else that's going on. And I know that, and we see that. We got to get this done. I got to purchase this gift. I got to make this food. I got to make sure everybody stays happy. I have to this many hours so I have this much money to buy the latest and greatest for the people that I love, because how will they know I truly love them if they don't have, you can fill in that blank. And there's just so much pressure, and there's so much. And I will say that everything that's going on in our lives, as, as Bethany said about praying with our girls, is that when we go out, and which we don't go out that often, but going to restaurants or going to stores, we're learning to be more patient because guess what? They're struggling as well. They're, the people are overworked, and they, they don't have, I mean, every place has a pl says that they're hiring. And, and we have all this need, and we get so impatient. I got things to do. Come on, hurry, faster, faster, faster. And sometimes we just got to learn to be still and know that, hey, that he is God and, 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 and everything is good. So <clears throat> the, uh, so God, the thing about the, the word of God, though, and just looking at that, that word of God tells us who we are. And we sang about that in some of our songs this morning. But in John 1, 11 through 13, it says, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So why would I not want to connect and engage with something that tells me I'm a child of God? Ephesians 1, 7 through 8 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us. So not only am I a child of God, but I am also forgiven in him. 
I'm redeemed. I'm chosen because of who, what God's word says. So after we show thanks this holiday season, and as we get just want to beat those winter blues, because we can let it drown us. But as we're trying to beat them, we show thanks and we engage in God's word. But then we need to be activated. That's the A, is activated by the word of God. Now, Beth and I were talking about this, and, and we said, oh, yeah, we need to activate the word. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I can activate something that already is active. It's alive. God is alive. Thank you. I'm so grateful that he is alive. James 1, 21 through 25. Now, I read a little bit about this, but it says, Therefore, putting aside all filth, filthiness and the remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer, of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, and he's immediately forgotten that kind of person he was. But, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectful this man will be blessed in what he does. Don't stop being engaged with God's word. Let it activate you. So I had this thought yesterday. I was, I, I don't know, I was just sitting and I was looking at the, uh, I was looking at the window. And uh, we have these things, I don't know if they came from dollar, the do, one of the dollar stores, I don't know. And there's those things that get act like the sun, and then they just like, <laughs> and they just move. And, and I'm, Bethany's out running around getting ink, and I'm like laying on the bench watching this thing. And then there's one that's like going slow. Well, one's going like, it's not moving really well, and the one's kind of slow. And then the one is like really, it's really busy. And I'm like, wow. So then I took the one that was slower, and I moved it over by the one that was going really fast. And it was moving a little bit. And then I just gave it a little push. That thing, it was, it was moving. And the thing is, is that I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, how does this happen? Like, the sun comes in through the window and, like, it's not plugged into anything. And it's, just, it's, it's moving and, and it just does it all the time. Like, no, I mean, the cats attack them every once in a while, but, like, they, they, they just move because they're activated by the sun. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, how can I be activated by the word of God? And then, I'm, then I was thinking about water, random. I don't know why, but I started thinking about water. And then I'm like, well, what happens when water gets hot? It boils and it can go away. Yeah, so then I, I went and I looked up something. Says, this is on Wonderopolis. It says, when water is boiled, the heat energy is transferred to the molecules of water, which begin to move more quickly. Eventually, the molecules have too much energy to stay connected as a liquid. And when this occurs, they form gaseous molecules of water vapor, which float to the surface as bubbles and travel to the air. And I'm like, so without the word of God, men, women, and children just sit 
and will just wander about the earth. And they'll be like pots of water just sitting on the counter. Now, you don't really cook too much, and I'm not the best in the kitchen. I just usually, Bethany, what do you want me to do? And, you know, but like, okay, I got to turn this on. I'll do that, whatever. But a, a pot of water just sitting there is not going to do much until you add heat to it. And then it does a lot. So what happens when we add the word of God to our lives and we let it activate us? So when we're feeling blue and there's a lot of things going on and we feel all these pressures, we get a little different motion in our step. We do. We can get a lot of different motion in our step that's going to make a difference in other people's lives around us. When the Word of God is engaged and the Word of God is connected, when the Word of God is allowed to be fired up under us, we will be transformed. Matthew 7, 24 says, Therefore anyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. I'm reading this and I start singing. But anyway, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. As, we, as Bethany's going to, to wrap this up, she's going to talk about what the letter T is in, in, in beat. And I'm telling you this, sometimes I can be real laid back and sometimes I get, I get amped and I get excited, but there is something to this and this is the blues are real. There's things around us in people's lives as well. It's not just for us. But I encourage you, stay engaged in God's word and, and let it do something to you. All right, so we talked about be thankful, engage in the word of God, and act, let it activate or activated by the word of God. And then the T is maybe the hardest maybe not, is to take time for others. When we are in a state of mind that is kind of down and dark and maybe blue or anxious, we tend to be very inwardly focused. We tend to focus on areas that we're lacking or the areas in which we're struggling, and we just kind of get in this rut, as I like to call it. Now, there is a time and a place that we should probably set aside to self-reflect, to spend time with the Lord and just really pray through, engage the word, activate the word, and to figure out what the root of this is. That is healthy. However, when we get stuck in the doom and gloom corner, that's when it is no longer a healthy place to be. So before you get to that corner, after you've reflected, after you've spent time with the Lord to figure out What's really going on? What, am I still dealing with some loss? Am I dealing with, you know, anxiety? Is there a relationship that's not right? Then we need to, to move forward. And the, and the last um, letter is T, and that's take time for others. One thing that the enemy would really like us to do is to stay in that corner and just say, you know what? I'm not going to engage with anyone else. I'm going to be by myself. I'm going to be this island. No one understands how I'm feeling. I don't want to take care of anyone else. That's exactly where the enemy wants us to be. You know, and a lot of things in our lives lately have led us to be more, more um, isolated and solo. And so it's a very good tool for the enemy to use. So you're kind of like, I don't even know how to re-engage with who I'm around. 
John 17, 11, um, Jesus is praying for believers, and in his prayer, he's, he's praying to the Father, and he's saying, I'm going to depart this earth soon. And he's like, and he says in the prayer that he wants to, he is praying for believers to be united as he and the Father are united. Jesus himself knew it is not for us to journey alone. He even placed Eve in the garden with Adam because he said, it's not cool for him to be alone. There should be a help me. Can't find a helpmate in a tiger or a llama. It's, there, he needs a person. He needs a, another individual. And so in, in the New Testament, when Jesus is praying for us, he's saying we need to be unified. And so the first step to taking time to up for others is to realize that we need each other. There is huge benefits for us meeting as a group, for us being involved in a small group, for building that bond with people that you're like, I'm really struggling. I need you to step into my life so you can help me through this. So we need to realize we need each other and that we can get off the island and join the mainland with, the, with other believers. <clears throat> Philippians 2.4 says, let us not look, excuse me, let each of us look not only to his own interest, but also the interests of others. Um, we are commanded in Philippians, again, those good old commands that we often don't obey, um, tell us to look at the interests of those around us. Um, this is not humanly an instinct that we are born with. Please ask any three-year-old to share their toys, and you'll automatically realize this is not an instinct. We are not born to think of somebody else. We're just not. That's not a nature thing. It is definitely a nurture, and it comes more easily as we walk the road and as we're in the Word of God and as we see the, the reason we should do it. First Thessalonians, oop, that's the wrong page. I was going to tell you to be thankful again. <clears throat> um, so the, and again, the enemy tends to blind us to those around us and again puts us on this island. And then in Proverbs 27, 17, it says, iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. This proverb reminds us that we sharpen each other, we encourage each other, we push each other in God's word, we um, pray and we are actively involved in the body. I have a group of people that I know without a shadow of a doubt, I can say, I am struggling with this, but I also know they're going to come back with, have you read the word lately? Where are you at spiritually? Remember this scripture. They're not going to be like, oh, I'm sorry. They might, but they're not going to leave me there. They're going to say, you know what? You need to keep moving. You need to keep we uh, reading, you need to keep in the word. They're not going to leave me there. They're going to sharpen me. And then the last scripture we have in this one is First uh, Thessalonians 5.11. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. So taking time for others is just that. It's encouraging one another. It's building each other up. And again, it's a command. And it doesn't say, well, if you feel like it, go encourage someone. Or you're having a good day, go ahead. Go tell someone something encouraging. It doesn't say that. It's just like the, the verse in 1 Thessalonians about giving thanks. It's not circumstantial. We are to encourage one another. This kind of, um, to bring it back kind of to how it affects us even physically, when we encourage and when we love on each other and when we take time from one another, it actually produces a response in the brain of the pleasure symptoms and the reward system in our body. So it's kind of like, you're potty training a child, you give them stickers. Well, you're not still giving that kid stickers at 16 years old. 
I hope not. But it, it, it produces a reward system in them. So they're saying, oh, good job. I did a good job. Or I get a candy or whatever you use, whatever has been used. It produces a, a, a spark and triggers a sense in their brain that's a good job. It's a good feeling. It produces a good feeling. And it actually is proven that it, it produces a good feeling in us when we take time for others. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's kind of like giving a smiley sticker to your brain. So Jesus knew all along that we needed this. Um, to close, we have a packet for you. We have put together a Can Christ Be Kept in Christmas? And we have taken four traditions that we normally do at Christmas time, um, like giving Christmas cards, um, Christmas lights, Christmas trees, and oh man, I forgot the fourth one. I gotta look now. Oh, candy canes. Sorry, I forgot. Um, and we put together this packet. Please, even if a single individual and don't have children, you can still take one. Because in this, we've already provided a section that you can take time for others. Look, we've already given you the assignment and we've given you how to do it. You don't have to think about it. So in the section on Christmas cards, there are a couple Christmas cards that you can already design. I actually, I actually created a pop-up card too. So please, if you make the pop-up card, send me a picture of it because I took a long time to create this pop-up card. And um, we just really wanted to give you guys tools. We wanted to help us, you, our families beat these blues. We don't want to go through the holidays being muh. Because for goodness sakes, it is not a muh time of year. Jesus Christ came to this earth as a baby to walk this earth so he could die for our sins. And so we could have a bridge between us and God and a, one day enter eternity with him. It is not a time of year to let outside sources ruin what Jesus has already done. So here's the pop-up. There's instructions. So as you leave, please get a packet. Please remember, if you need additional someone to talk to, look for someone here, ask questions. But remember to be thankful. Remember to engage God's word. Let the word activate you and take time for others. It, it all the difference to do that. And as some of you know our story, we have lost several children to different situations. And um, I was feeling kind of blue yesterday. And so I took time and I made bibs for a baby that's in my life. And that was just my way of taking time for someone else because I could have sat in those blues and I could have been like, this really stinks. This is going to ruin my day. It, it's not an option. It's not an option for us to sit there. So please, please reach out. Please take time for others and uh, enjoy your Christmas packets. Um, I think Mike is going to be at the door. If for some reason, oh wait, I gotta tell you a quick story real quick. If for some reason you do not have a packet, there's 50 of them printed. The enemy did not want these packets to be in your hands. It was the toughest journey to print these packets that I've ever had ever of printing something. So. There must be some good stuff in there because I'm supposed to get them printed at copyright. Copyright didn't print them. So I was going to print them at home. Printer ink ran out. So I ran to Walmart. Walmart didn't have it. So I ran to another Walmart. That Walmart had it. Poor guy, Rafiq. He was a very sweet young man. He had no idea how to take the little um, security things off my ink. 
then he had no idea how to scan them. So then he scanned them, and then he scanned them all wrong. So then we had to delete it, and so then we did it again. And I'm telling Rafiq, I'm like, you're doing a good job, man. You're doing a good job. You're, you're doing great. And then I go to pay for it. My card is declined three times. So I try other cards. They're declined. There's money in it. So, for some, then finally it works. But for some reason, these packets are not supposed to be in your hands. But I said, not today, Satan. We're moving on. And you have the packet. So let me pray for you guys, and then you guys are free to go. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for how it is active. Thank you for the responsibility and the opportunity to, to just bring um, just some tidbits of how we can just walk through maybe a less joyful time in our lives, even though it's supposed to be. God, I pray that a blessing upon each family that is here. I pray that they would walk honorably through this season and that they would remember the true reason. And may you be honored regardless of what's going on around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day. And there are there are some uh, packets up here. There's also going to be some packets at the door if you guys want one. Okay? Have a great week, everyone. Mm.